Hey friends, welcome to another episode of the podcast. My name's Rob Cott. I am helping Jamie Ryder produce this podcast. Today we're talking with an amazing teenager. Well, Jamie's talking to her because we're continuing on with another interview. Jamie and I will jump back into normal episodes where this season we're talking about physical health, but we feel like this is something really important to share. If you're new here, Jamie Ryder is someone who's been working in the therapy space and helping people from all sorts of backgrounds, uh, including teenagers like Hannah. I know for me, I've been hanging out with Jamie for a few months and I knew what he does, but it's way deeper hearing it coming from Hannah. She's super brave, in my opinion, um, and shares her stories uh, with suicide, death of loved ones, uh, self-harm, grief, and her powerful message to all parents. I can see you recording it. <laughs> Don't freeze because... <laughs> well, I didn't expect to be able to see it. You're just going to start and it pops up. <laughs> All right, let, um, me do, let me do a very quick introduction. So welcome everyone to the Fuck Therapy podcast. This is the interview style that I am running. Um, I am, I am honoured to be here with Hannah Leather. She is an amazing and an incredible, inspiring young woman from the UK. And she has come to join us today to share her journey, to share how she found me, to share her experiences um, in working with me and how it's impacted her life. Um, we're going to be talking about her personal situation, her journey, and we're going to be talking about where she wants to travel in life. Um, we did start the <laughs> I did start the podcast. She's a little bit nervous, um, but I did start the recording um, a little bit left of center, and she's just been thrown. <laughs> Hannah, <laughs> welcome. How are you? Hey, I'm good. How are you? <laughs> sensational watching you watching you cringe on the other side of the world there is just hilarious <laughs> uh, <laughs> honestly the things that you do sometimes <laughs> listen and it is one of those things um would it be fair to say that um you know from time to time I do take you out of your comfort zone yeah but I feel like if nobody because nobody else really pushes me out of my comfort zone as it were and I don't really get challenged a lot only kind of really in the academic remit so I feel like it's really important to have that person who I'm who I've learned is on my side all the time to kind of keep pushing and you know when it doesn't go right they're always there to kind of pick you back up again dust you down and um look at different ways and like where it went wrong and look at different ways to move forwards yeah, so I think yeah I, <laughs> I love being a, a pushed and challenged because that's where <laughs> I work best under pressure is where I work best <laughs> well I mean I, I've experienced that firsthand um you know, we've had many, many a time where we've had to, um, you know, come head to head and deal with some pretty challenging, um, you know, issues and subjects and so forth. And, um, you know, you pulled, you pulled the odd face at me from time to time. Yeah, there's been a few times where I've thought, like, no, nah, I kind of just wanted to come to Australia and be like, what the hell are you on about? But you know what? No, because I think everything you do, you you think about beforehand most of the time and um you, you kind of you look at everyone's situation and you're like well how far can this person go because obviously you understand that not every person has the same um level of like oh I don't know what you'd say like to be pushed like every person has a different cap on um how far they can go um, and I think you have a really good understanding of that because every time I've said, no, I can't, you said, yes, you can. And it turns out a couple of weeks down the line, yes, I could. Um, and I think that's really important to understand how far you can push a person. Um, 
but I think in the way that you you do it um actually shows myself that I can do it and I can achieve things I never thought originally possible such as doing this podcast today (laughs) it's absolutely beautiful so before we go any further Hannah tell us a bit more about you Um, you're in England (laughs) yeah so I'm a student I go to high school I'm in my final year there so I'm shortly going off to college um kind of my story kind of began so I was kind of um, I was about three when my mum and dad split up and so I lived with my mum for quite a long period of time and saw my dad kind of every weekend which is quite a normal thing to happen with split parents in terms of the structure about you know when you see what parent but kind of I think I was probably about six my mum started seeing another person who a few years down the line became my stepdad um, and that's kind of where the problem started to stem from because originally I thought you know um you know, this person's going to be great. It's going to be like a second dad. And I did push my dad out for a while because I thought, well, hang on, no, no, no. You know, I'm at my mum's more the time than I'm at yours. (laughs) Like, you know, that's the place to be. But it turns out actually as I grew up and got older and kind of um, saw things from a different perspective, that wasn't um, what it was to be. Um, It wasn't all all to me that to be brilliant because you know there were a lot of problems along the way and you know I really grappled with that because I'm not a person to be silenced like I've always had that something about me um where I want to put my voice across and my opinion and my perspective on things and the way that I think feel things and I didn't feel like I had a voice and for me that's where it all went wrong because I was different because I wouldn't just go along with what people wanted me to do or wanted me to think because I always thought, well, actually, I'm entitled to think and feel certain ways that don't have to match yours. And I think that's kind of where the disturbance stemmed from, because I couldn't just go along with a merry dance because I could see it wasn't right. And that's kind of where it kind of all kicked off, to be honest. Yeah, absolutely. And um, where did you, uh, where and when did you find me? Like, tell us that story. um, And... And tell us what, what you know, headspace you were in at that particular point in time. Well, I think I kind of found you. It's kind of during the summer holidays over here. So it's kind of um, August, well, kind of late August, early September time. So I was just about to start year 11. Um, and my headspace wasn't brilliant at all. So it's kind of, things kind of got to the stage Um I wasn't in it. I wasn't in a very um, good place. I wasn't in a very happy place. You know, I was contemplating my life and what it was worth. And actually, you know, um, I didn't actually add much value to the world and what I had to offer. And I felt very silenced. And I kind of thought, um, you know, this is it. This isn't. This world wasn't meant for me. And certainly I didn't have a place for it. And so, you know, (laughs) like most people my um, age, I've got, you know, social media platforms and things like that. So I was on TikTok and you kind of popped up on my For You page and it was the particular video, I remember it as clear as day, was, you've always got one more round. And, you know, you were sat there, you know, pointing at the camera full of passion as usual and um, to respect for people. And I thought, damn, yeah, no, like this person's right. This person's got something. And I, re- I looked at you like following. I thought, oh, my God, at that point, I think you had like 300,000 uh, followers or supporters. Um and I thought, yeah, you know, this guy kind of um, sees the world in a different light and to something to some extent that I actually see it myself. Um, and so I looked through, you know, the rest of the videos and I thought, oh, my God, yeah, this this guy clearly helps so many other people in so many different ways. And it's unlike any other helpful form of support that I'd ever had before. 
Um, and so I saw that you were on one of your lives one day and I kind of, for a couple of weeks, I went onto your lives and I just kind of sat there and just kind of took it all in and kind of looked at the structure of how it worked. And then, you know, kind of building up confidence was kind of the key thing for me. Um, but obviously I kind of popped a message on your live saying, um, you know, kind of my age brief bit about my story. And um, obviously you wanted to help. So then I kind of reached out to you on a different, uh, I think it was Instagram at the time, like uh, direct messages. And, um, you know, that communication kind of went on for a number of weeks. And then you, we um, sent an email and you sent me the 30 um, items list of things that make me awesome. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just as a bit of back dialogue there, um, I do remember receiving, um, you know, your early messages. I don't recall exactly what they were, but I do remember they were, they were written basically saying, um, you probably never see this, you probably won't reply, you know, I just want you to know that, you know, you, you would have said something nice, um, but then you, you listed some problems. And I remember when it was, when I replied, it's like, OMG, you know, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> and I was like, man, like, really? <laughs> um, but Listen, it was- not, only we, not only were you on the other side of the world, you know, you'd actually had the time to come and respond to my messages. And um, I, I didn't expect that because at that time, I generally thought that I was literally worth nothing. Like what, I had no worth, no purpose. That, so I know exactly where you were because I've been part of this journey. But, you know, for people listening, um, you know, as comfortable as you feel, share share that headspace a little bit deeper if you can. So kind of for the past year, I've been, um, well, my mum and Stephen, well, sorry, my stepdad, my mum and stepdad, we um, were having some serious relationship problems, but it kind of all stemmed around um, my behaviour, my thoughts, my feelings, because every time my stepdad said something, it was always it was always aimed at me and I always felt targeted and attacked and that's kind of where it stemmed from because on the times where um obviously my mum always wanted to stick up for me um and you know the the arguments would get quite you know severe um and things like that and I I took it all on myself because I really blamed myself for everything that had happened and around that time as well when things were kind of hitting their peak and we just um just prior to COVID I lost my grand my mum's mum and she was my yeah she was my absolute rock you know she kind of kept me on the straight and narrow um you know the love and respect that I had for that woman was (laughs) really unknown um to me um you know she taught me everything that I knew from like baking which is like a passion and things like that and she showed me what love was you know whether it be like the hug or like um the telephone call midweek or the voice message when I was on holiday it didn't matter what it was but whatever that woman provided for me felt love and it, you know it was comforting it was like a comfort blanket you know she'd always reassure me that everything was going to be okay um you know she never sugarcoated anything and you know neither do I you know it was always very real yeah um and so losing her for me was a massive impact because along with a couple of other problems I was the only one who ever went and saw her um and you know right towards the end um other family members got involved and it just got very very messy and I wasn't ever allowed to have that time to grieve and you know that that was really hard because at the time I was what 14 nearly 15 so you know for anyone to lose anyone obviously it's absolutely horrific but 
I didn't know how to deal with it because I wasn't given the space to be able to share my experiences that she taught me to be able to you know share the stories share the love share the inspiration that she gave to me she just kind of died and that kind of that was it um and then um things started to go very wrong um in my home life between my parents and my stepfather and it just got to the point where I just thought you know what I, I don't think I can carry on anymore I don't think I can take it you know and social services got involved um and obviously they weren't very happy um with my situation um and I was with a counsellor at the time and I started to self-harm you know I'd self-harm quite regularly once twice a day at least every day you know in and out of um A&E <laughs> put on meds it got very very dark very very quickly and as well I was at the peak of my um school life so I was in year 10 I was in well kind of year nine year ten so just kind of starting my GCSEs and actually looking at my career path um and yeah it was just a very very dark time and it was really hard because I never really felt I could go to anybody for in um for not knowing what the outcome would be in terms of their response because nobody knew you know I'd always kind of I'm always the kind of person to get you know your head down and get on with it like it doesn't matter what happens um you you just you just get on with it yeah and you carry on and nobody knew um so I I just carried on I can only imagine you know when you reached out and you 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 said you know you sent a message to me that you know your life wasn't worth living and and you know you weren't sure where to go from there I imagine I sent you a message back saying something on the line there there it'll be okay was it something like something like that um yeah um (laughs) (laughs) that's a no (laughs) no because it wasn't so you know the response that I got from you was something unknown you know you were telling me that you know you won't want to sugarcoat things you know when someone's going through something and they're really grappling um you know you have the uttermost empathy for people but you don't beat around the bush as it were you say it how it is and you say it how you see it and you you um you act on what you you practice what you preach as well and it was kind of like you know you know you always have one more round you you are worth it you know you have so much to offer um and it really shook me (laughs) um yeah so I just you know I said I was finding it hard to carry on and exactly you said please never think you are less worthy than anyone um you know and it was it was just it was you know amazing what an amazing experience and you were like I can absolutely help you um if you're prepared to put the work in (laughs) (laughs) there it is (laughs) um and I was like yeah because do you know what like at that okay so at that time do you know what you you really pissed me right off because I was just like (laughs) (laughs) I was just like you have no idea what I've been through for the like years and you sit there on the other side of the world and tell me you've got a free prepared to put the work in (laughs) and so (laughs) me being um a typical teen obviously I kind of said you know, I said thank you, but then I was kind of like, yeah, you don't quite get it. But and but the thing was, I wasn't going to give in because I didn't want you to think that I was just some other teen with, um, 
like a like a problem but I wasn't willing to put the time and dedication in because the thing is when someone tells me I've got an opportunity or I can do something I go at it and I'm passionate about it and that is my main focus I thought you know what sorry but that is the key to life and it is one of those things where you know when you sit on this side of the fence you're going I get reached out to by so many teams and you go you unfortunately I'm one man I can't help everyone individually Um, I can do it via social media I can put out group posts but when there's individual work um, and the reality is my reality as sad as it may be is that I can only help those that are prepared to put in the effort, that are prepared to listen to the hard words that I provide and apply them to the life. So I've thrown it back at you and gone, you know, I'm happy to help you. I can help you, but you've got to do the work. Pissed you off? <laughs> now you can now. <laughs> so what happened? <laughs> well, so from there, we started the email conversations and um, I think, is it part of your RISE program with the lists about um, you know the 30 things that make you awesome because I you obviously you wanted to test to see if I actually wanted it and so I think I sent you five positive things about myself that weren't really about me but more about like good things I had in my life like I go to school rather than I'm creative and things like that and so I sent it to you and you're like no 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 you can do better than that <laughs> and I was like <laughs> I was on my way to school and I just thought you have got to be joking like I literally have nothing but I was like hang on a sec now we I need this person to help me because I can see that they're good and they make differences and so I went and I kind of sat and you know I really grappled with it I went forwards and backwards and side to side with it but eventually (laughs) after a week or so I crafted together 30 positive things that made me awesome on this list and I sent it to you and you're like yeah 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 this is really good but now go do 75 (laughs) and I I just sat there and I thought like 30 was like so you told I said I couldn't you said I could and now you said do 75 and I was like nah 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 um no I can't do that and you're like no yes you can like like you, you actually can like you fully believe that I could when I fully believe that I didn't like I couldn't yeah. um and so I went away and I crafted together the 75 things and I sent them to you and that's kind of where it all started because I presume at that point this is where you thought this person wants it because they're willing to put the time and dedication in because it was a quick it was a pretty quick turnaround although you know the hours and days grappling with those tasks felt long the reality is that was probably done in around three weeks, which considering when you talk to so many people is actually a really quick turnaround. Yeah, and, you know, I never... <laughs> from my perspective, it's like, you know, the first thing that I'm, I'm looking at here is A, are you prepared to put the work in? And B, um, you know, I, the reality is when you start recognising things that are good in yourself, you know, that's the starting point. And when you go, I'm not, I'm not a, I've actually become it, my new norm, my new habit, the new way in which I think is to run myself down. Um, and you're in such a dark place. You, you, you train yourself not to see any light. Um, so what I'm thinking is how can I provide her that glimmer of hope and hoping that each item, item by item, that light becomes slightly brighter um, we do 30, we then did 75, where you're starting, your mind, to, to come up with a list that big, your mind has to shift. You have to be creative. You have to look outside the square. You can't just put your sulky answers like, well, I ate dinner and I have a bed. 
right? You have to look outside of that. Um, and you did. You went down to the character level. You, you really took a deep dive, and I was so impressed. I'm sitting here going, oh, yeah, here we go. We got a live one. This is amazing. I can work with this. Listen, I'm not one to kind of do things half-heartedly and I think you and I both recognise that and certainly I think you are the same as well. You put 100%, 110% effort in all of the time and 100% is never good enough for you. Like, no, you've got to go the extra mile. And I think that that hit differently with me because I'd never, people who I'd spoke to about, you know, my past trauma had never, it had always been there, there, there. But I realised what I was looking for wasn't, sympathy or people's pity I wanted change and I wanted to make significant difference in my life and I think that's where you really got me because I could see from the comments that people were making on your social media platforms that you were making a real difference and it didn't matter what area of the world you were in you reached each and every person with and something and gave them that glimmer of hope you know it didn't matter what they were grappling with um no matter big or small, but you show people each and every day, you know, their worth, their value, and that they are loved and cared for. Yeah, thank you. I really appreciate that. So um, where did we go from there? So after that, um, I think there were a couple of more emails, and then you were like, um, well, obviously, because you have the $29 cap on the uh, discovery sessions, and that kind of, I hadn't really kind of said much about me in terms of, um, you know, kind of, obviously we never really spoke about your financial situations and everything, but obviously I came forward to you and I just said, look, I'm actually still at school, so I don't have a job or an income. And, but I was like, I still really want your help. And obviously I didn't really expect anything from that because obviously, as I understand that everyone has a business and um, I just, you, you know, <laughs> again, you hit differently because you were like, well, um, can, you know can can you speak to your parents about it and I was like I didn't I didn't feel ready of it the um you know and that that was like a really hard thing because I made assumptions of people a lot back then and I kind of assumed that you just been like well you know come back when you've been able to discuss it um but you didn't you sent me the link and you were like you know let's let's get a zoom call set up and so that's what we did um you know, we spent a couple of weeks kind of looking into my past yeah. and how, but actually not not necessarily the negative things, where my character had come from and how it had made the person who I am today, which for me was a complete game changer because mm. I always thought, oh, well, this person's taken this from me. Oh, that's happened, so I can't do that. You know, I've ended up doing this because of this, but the reality was it's made me who I am today. And I wouldn't be sat here speaking to you or having this opportunity or feeling, you know, valued from a person across the world if that if all of that hadn't happened. And I am grateful for that each and every day at the fact that my trauma has made me into a strong minded, you know, strong willed person who will oh, fight yeah. for everyone and who is respectful of others because I value each and every individual person as if I knew them as if they were family it doesn't necessarily mean I have to agree with what they say all of the time but I developed respect for people and I think that was really important because you know my situation made me very angry and I'd I'd get cross at the wrong people um which didn't serve me any favor so I'd end up pushing people away but again that just changed my whole mindset and perspective on 
life pretty much you know we did a 360 turn and I just thought what an amazing what an amazing person and what an amazing opportunity to have and you know my friends could see the difference they were like oh yeah how you know how are you going you seem to be doing a half year and I was like yeah no I'm doing great and do you know what like yeah I'm I'm thankful each and every day for that very first call that we had because it really started to change my life um, for the better and that was a real turnaround point yeah and, and I've got to say that you know what I'm grateful for is absolutely that we had that call and so forth but I've done I've done none of the work right <laughs> you have done absolutely all of it you know I've provided you with a level of support I've challenged you you know I've taught you some things but at the end of the day words are just words um, and if you don't apply my words to your life if you don't you know, take on board my wisdoms and my experiences and actually apply them to your life. They're just words, right? They're just things that give you a buzz when you hear them and then you walk away and go back. Uh, the acknowledgement is that you actually, and what, what impressed me about you was you took on every single challenge. You know, everything I got you to do, you did. You reflected on everything. You would send me emails going, I've thought about this, Jamie, blah, 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 blah. And you'd come up with new perspectives and new shifts but it wasn't just one email. We would talk every single week and I'd get three or four emails as the thoughts matured. But the reality is I am hopeless without your action. It's your Listen action that created shift in your life. It was nothing more than your, your application of these experiences and that's what constantly impresses me about you. You see, the thing is, you could sit there and keep telling me and giving me all of these tools and providing me with support until you're blue in the face. But for me to go, do you know what? You're on the other side of the world, whatever, yeah. to that and, you know, carry on regardless. But the thing was, the dedication and the time and support that you were providing me gave me something that I'd never had from anybody else. And for, for someone to give me that time and support, you know, I respected, I respect you 110%. And I just, I, I'm not the type of person for them when someone gives you time um, if you, for to discuss things and bounce things across the room. I'm not the type of person to just go, do you know what? You know, we've had the conversation. The conversation was great, but now I'm going to go and do X, Y and Z and completely undo all of the work and the tools that we've just discussed. And I'm not saying that times I don't grapple with the work that you give me. And sometimes there are knowledge gaps. But the thing is with me, I always have to ask questions mm. because if there's something that I don't know, I want to know. Like for me, there always has to be an answer. Um, and I sent you question after question after question, and you know, you responded, and I just thought, Do you know what? Yeah, because I've learned something new today. Um, but no, I love asking questions. I love finding out the truth and the real answers because that develops my person and molds my future and the way I see the world. Well, it's beautiful, and you see, the reality is curiosity is the gateway. So the gateway to solutions and evolution. It's the ability to explore, discover, and share. It's it's so powerful. And I often talk about, you know, transcending people into a state um, to live a life of gratitude. Um, and gratitude is a state of being, right? Um, but it controls the direction of your focused curiosity. So it puts you in that state of continuous improvement. But here's the thing. At the moment, it sounds a little bit like a fairy tale. Um, and, and, and let's face it, 
has the journey just been linear? Has it just been from strength to strength to strength to strength? Or, you know, did we have a few setbacks along the way? Uh, listen, I could sit here and lie through my teeth and say, <laughs> yes, it was all perfect with roses. But the reality is life isn't a straight line. You know, for me, I say, I've certainly learned, you know, that if life was straight line, it would be boring. People who just have things handed to them on a plate or have never had to work for anything. Um, you know, whether that be an aim or a goal, they just have it handed to them. You know, I used to envy those people, but, you know, but then I thought, you know what? No, because you don't understand what hard work is. And, you know, I was working, I'm working for a different kind of thing. You know, I was working for support and commitment rather than, say, a job or a holiday. Um, I was um, working towards, you know, emotional support and things like that. But, you know, you, you, you set me on task sometimes and I discuss things you know, about my past and I bring it up again. But, you know, you said, you know, the key is to detach from your past. And I remember sometimes kind of, you said kind of set the fire in my belly because I just be like, you know, what are you talking about? Like, what are you going on about? <laughs> and, you know, there'd be, <laughs> there'd be a few times, you know, where I'd point the camera up to the ceiling because I yeah, just... Was. <laughs> and for any parents out there, I got the 16-year-old stare back too. <laughs> yeah, well, that does come out on occasion. <laughs> but the point was... I was learning and, you know, you created that safe space for me to be able to not necessarily be confrontational, but for me to say, well, I think about it like this. And then you'd say, well, I think about it like this. But then I'd be like, well, why do you think that? And, you know, it, you know, we kind of, we tested each other's, well, certainly you tested my perspective on things. And, you know, I just thought, well, hang on a sec, this hasn't turned into an argument. And this is very unknown for me because every time I'd question, you know, somebody's thought process or why they thought something, you know, it'd always normally transcend into um, a quite a difficult path. And certainly for at least a week, to, um, you know, and I just thought, well, hang on a sec, I'm not being, you know, shouted at by this person, you know, because um, we built respect for each other and understood sometimes that, you know, you don't necessarily, I certainly learned that you don't have to um, necessarily like what the other person is saying, but you can be respectful of that. And I brought that forward into my life after the conversations that we had. Yeah, that's and, you know, so powerful. Um, but no, it definitely 100% not. It's definitely not a straight line because, you know, um, you, you have setbacks, you grapple with things because, you know, it was kind of really until the other week that I never really spoke about how I hadn't grieved with my gran. And, you know, I really grappled with that. You know, we kind of, I kind of flipped back um, to self-harm. You know, I don't mind saying that because it's something I speak very openly about because I feel like if I can speak about it openly, then it may empower somebody else to be able to go up to someone and talk about it because I feel like um, personally being made to feel ashamed of it is something I'm just not okay with because I feel like if you've grappled with something and you've managed to come forwards in your truth to be able to talk about it, it's a really empowering thing. Yeah. Um, Absolutely. You know, and I, I flipped I flip back from going from, you know, quite a large number of days. I think we were nearly day 50. And then, you know, I kind of, some kind of things crept back into my mind that we hadn't discussed yet. And, so you know, I did. To clarify that, we, we got to a point in time where we were, we, it was, you were self-harming from a couple of times a day. And then you just got to a point where you were 50 days clean. Yeah. So it was, you know, a, a massive blow. I remember sending, it, it made me. 
obviously I'd you know I'd, I'd self self-harmed and do you know what you know there's no sugarcoating that I can't go and then send you an email saying like oh Jamie I kind of did it the point was I did it like there was no differentiation between the two and you know it made I was really disappointed in myself because um it made me feel like dirt it made me feel dirty to my core in the way that I just thought you know what are you doing but that was kind of that flipped the switch because you know it'd been a really traumatic week but I just thought I'd never viewed it like that before you know I'd never seen it as something that I didn't like to do it was just always something like my like my automatic response when I wasn't dealing with something or wasn't speaking about something but that flipped the switch I just thought well hang on a sec maybe if you go and discuss this with somebody or maybe if you share it um or you know you can deal with it in other ways and the following week you know we had that conversation and you said it's okay to have setbacks because I generally thought um that you would you know disrespect me and you'd almost hate me for it because we'd had a setback um and do you know what for me it was quite a major one but you know you show you know (laughs) we laughed on the thing when I said you know what I generally thought you would have hated me but I can't tell you honestly that that relief when you said no what you want about and I was just like because that's what I'd always grown up with you know you make one mistake you put one two out of line and you know that was almost it um and for something that you know I was fighting for something when I wanted change my life something that somebody wasn't handing to me on a plate you know they were making me work for it um you know I wasn't just going to sit back and think now I'm just going to um bullshit this guy and just say don't know it's been a fabulous week because the point it wasn't like I I've always managed to bring things back into reality you know whether it be positive or negative but you know we chatted about that and you know you kind of said now is the time where you really have to use those tools in order to bring change into your life um (laughs) and you know at that point again you know I did feel a little bit angered by that because I just thought well hang on a sec I've just told you that I was 50 50 days clean and then self-harmed but you were like that you know what that doesn't matter because next time we're gonna beat that number Mm. and I just thought you know what yeah because then as soon as we'd after we'd had that meeting I had a better week because I just thought you know what I'm not going to be beaten by my past yes um (laughs) this is a 16 year old girl we're talking to here like damn you're amazing and and you know I just thought like no because what I was feeling it was okay to feel and I was allowed to feel that emotion and I was allowed to let it out but let it out in a healthy way whether that be crying or talking to someone and you know I'd gone back to the self-harm but I recognized that wasn't healthy and that wasn't what I needed to do because it didn't make me feel any better because for the first time it actually made me feel disappointed in myself for doing it rather than just thinking you know thank god I've had that release because it didn't provide me with that anymore and through the work that's what you um, made me recognize that it actually doesn't serve me a purpose and you know that was the major flip you know which you know we're kind of talking a matter of weeks ago I think it was like kind of two or three weeks ago and you know we discussed the death of my gran and you know you brought grief to me in a whole new light because I always presumed you know that you just kind of you know the person dies no matter who it was you know it's very sad for a number of weeks it might take a couple of months but then that was it and actually do you know what you said to me sometimes that you know it it, it, there's no time constraint on it yeah and you know you kind of brought to light to me that I was never allowed that time to kind of grieve for the person but the thing was that you also said to me was you don't you know 
you you know you don't focus on the negatives obviously then dying is very sad and you let that be you know you have that time but then you also you think about like all the nice things that they did for you like I baked with my grand she taught me everything that I knew about how to you know to treat a person respect a person hold a conversation with somebody provide that love and support for others and that has um gone down the line to me yeah. and so I now see bits of her in myself and you like when I'm baking or doing whatever like last weekend you know you know I baked and I just thought you know what <laughs> you you'd be proud of that yeah and that recognition um or you know that that happy memory that happy thought is allowing me to move forwards because you know you can bring up trauma all day long but the reality is you don't get anywhere and you don't make that significant difference or change and you know I want difference and I want change so I realized you know that you know it it doesn't it do, obviously it doesn't matter that she's gone but again it doesn't because what relied what relied in her is in me yeah and you know that that was just such an empowering moment and uh, yeah I just thought that was great because now I can move on and every time I think about it it's a happy thought rather than what happened to her at the very end yeah because she wouldn't remember me what I was like at the what I thought what I looked like at the very end um but she'd remember me baking together yeah and you know having that weekend having that time because that time was so precious you know I spent a lot of time with my grand because my parents you know work full-time jobs all around the clock but yeah just to have that thought that she'd remember me for who I was and for who she was and having spending those happy moments together you know that really brought um and enabled me to move on and have some clarity to the situation it's beautiful so we've worked on a few things because um you know I look at whole life change. So we've looked at your mental health. Um, we've looked at how you've grappled with a whole heap of situations and end of life type stuff there. Um, we've worked on health and fitness and we've worked yeah. on finances, right? Yeah. So in all three areas, you've got leaps and bounds. So now you, you're building up a nice little financial nest there, um, which I'm so proud of you. You've got a part-time job. We've been saving and that bank account is growing and growing, which is awesome. Um, you're getting more and more on top, even though you're heavily in lockdown now um, because of COVID, you, you, your health and fitness is, is definitely improving. Your mindset's improving. And you've now got a fire in your belly to get a message out to the world. Tell us more about this fire in your belly and the message that you want to get out to the world. You know, um, <laughs> I have met, you know, obviously, because, you know, I, I'm 16, I've seen you know so many young people be silenced by their past and their backgrounds and made to feel like they can't have a voice but you know my purpose in life is to make sure that every child teenager young adult under the age of 18 has a voice but not only can they speak their voice it can be heard and acted upon in the necessary ways not just for them to be like oh well you know you're a minor it doesn't matter what you say because what every person thinks and believes should be valued and respected to the very core it's not just a case of, you know, I'm superior to you. That doesn't matter because every person has the right to a voice and to be able to be heard. And that is where the passion resides in me. And certainly something that I want to look at more in my future, because I'm not the type of person to just sit back and watch someone be silenced because I know what that's like myself. And I, the amount of passion that I have for those people, um, 
you know, it's just, it's, it's huge. It's something that I've always really focused upon. And I just think, you know, like even in schools and things like that, obviously people say, oh yeah, well, students always have a valid voice, but the reality is it's not because, you know, a a child can come up and say to you, well, I feel like this. And you can say, well, I've got millions of problems going on. Your point is very insignificant. And for that child to be told that, that kind of silences them them for pretty much the rest of their childhood because they feel like any problem that they grapple with or find hard to deal with, they're not allowed to speak how they feel. And so they shut down and they shut off to the rest of the world and society. And it means that they can't grow and develop and experience things. And for me, that is just the most upsetting part of society right now. And I feel like every single person, man, woman, child, should have a voice and it should be heard. So for the, there's, there's a whole heap of parents that are going to be listening to this. You know, what's a message that you could send to the parents um, from, you know, your perspective? Obviously, like, I, I get it's hard. Like, children will come forward and tell you things that they don't necessarily, um, that, you know, parents find hard to hear or they may go and talk to somebody else, which might make you feel a bit crap. But always ensure, no matter how many times you say it, make sure your child knows that you love them with all of your heart and wholeheartedly because sometimes we don't pick up on it and you know and we may feel like we're not loved or valued as a person or respected or it can just be like the miscommunication because I can honestly tell you now if the communication is a bit hit and miss and you know it is because obviously you know we grow up with teenagers you know there's different hormones going around you know there's different stresses but if there's a miscommunication that can have a profound negative impact on both the child's and the adult's relationship with each other so you know just make sure they feel like they're listened to you know pass no judgment I feel like obviously that's the hardest thing for any parent to do but it's so critical because if 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 your child can approach you and say mom or dad I'm thinking of this and for you to turn around and say well no that's absolutely ridiculous that that can really, well, as I said, it can have a profound negative impact on that child and make them feel like they're silenced. But if you can go, you know, and, you know, ask questions to see if they've actually, you know, thought it through and build up that communication, that's just such a powerful tool. Communication is, it's, it's so amazing. And, it, you know, it's sometimes it's really hard to form, but, you know, just pass no judgment and make sure that they know that you're, that they're loved wholeheartedly you know you know when you, you when they leave the house to go to school you know you say I love you you could have an awesome day or whatever it is and they might not they might not reciprocate it they must say you know bye because it's early in the morning or whatever but they leave the house feeling loved and I think it was a couple of months ago I actually sent you a powerpoint on on my perspective for how uh, adults to reach out to parents <laughs> and yeah I mean I'm I think you know you thought that was good. Um, I, I mean, I don't know what you. It was good. I thought it was absolutely amazing because um, you you raised you raised some significant points about um, you know when your kids come and talk to you, um, make sure you make the time because you don't know what the child has gone through just to stand forward and come to you. Like that's yeah, that that's so true. You know, as parents, we know my kids come and talk to me. My kids talk to me about everything. Is that right? 
Would you agree with that? Yes, because the thing is, clearly to me, it highlights that you have the type of relationship with your kids where they can just come and say, you know, dad, I'm thinking of this. And, you know, they they feel comfortable because they know, you know, the kind of responses, um, you know, that they'll have. And I feel like that's such a powerful tool that your kids can come and approach you with any amount of problems, struggles, questions. The reality and is the parent right. Are the kids doing that? I, I listen to a lot of parents. My kids come and tell me everything. And I know, I know for a fact because their kids are talking to me, that's not the case. It's one of those things that I think sometimes, and one of the messages that, that you gave me was you've got to qualify it. We often think as parents that we're doing the right thing. We often think that our kids feel loved because we love them. Just because we think they feel loved, does that mean the child feels loved? Just because we feel we don't judge them, does that make them feel unjudged? Right, Because what we are quite often doing with our own emotions and the way in which we're assessing our own parenting skills is that we are these, you know, no, 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 I'm lucky with my kids, I've got these things covered. But the reality is you and I both know you're talking to the kids from a kid's perspective. I'm talking to them, they're reaching out to me and I'm going, so many of these kids do not feel this way. They do feel judged. They do feel unloved. They do feel unheard. Because I think sometimes between parent and child, we talk different languages. So a parent might say to a child, no, what you're thinking of is ridiculous, blah, blah, blah. Here's what to do. I'm thinking that as a, from a parent's perspective that I've just given you love, wisdom, advice. I've, I've led you on the right path. You're shaking your head going, how has that made you actually feel as a teenager? Listen, I think the key thing is that as children, we pick up, we absorb things like sponges you know, because we can pick up on body language and the way it's portrayed because you can be speaking those words, but, you know, you can be, you know, staring directly at me, you know, kind of almost, it feels like you're hypothetically pointing your finger and I'm just like, well, hang on a sec. That doesn't it give me what I've, you know, wanted to get out of that conversation. I feel like sometimes, you know, as hard as it is, parents need to look at when they were 16 how they felt about current situations how they felt about school and friends and you know problems that are similar to what kids at my age will have now mm -hmm. and I feel like if they can flip the perspective they will see it from a whole different light because not only will they see it from uh, the parent hat they will see it from an adult hat and they will see it from when they were as a child yeah. and I feel like if you can do that that is such a powerful thing because you've kind of covered all areas because if you don't think of it directly as a parent, but as an adult, it will be different again. Because obviously everyone kind of has, um, you know, the ideal as to how they want their kids to be managed, brought up and things like that. But if you take off the parent hat for a minute and study it just from like an, an adult, they, you know, they might pick up on things and say, well, actually, um, I don't know, like it, it would just be different. Um, and it won't be the same. I often talk about four perspectives. And, and in this scenario, look, you're looking at the first perspective being, being the adolescent, the child. The second perspective you're looking at being the parent. So you're talking about a discussion between an adolescent and the parent. Then what you're saying is, okay, no, all right, I want you to have the ability to also look from that third perspective where you're now a wise person looking in, listening in on that conversation between adolescent and parent. And that's a hugely powerful perspective that very few people have the skill set to do. 
particularly when, because in order to do that, you have to remove ego, right? And not ego is, I think I'm great, I think I'm the parent, so I think I'm not. That's not what we're talking about. It's literally humbling yourself to the point um, where you can hear and take yourself into that perspective of the teenager and take off your 40 years experience of life going, yes, but I'm talking to someone that's 16, right? How was I when I was 16? I thought I knew everything when I was 16. Why am I to think that someone is, that my child is thinking differently? How did it feel when I went, no, 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 because basically what you, one of the, some of the things you've reminded me is although I can say it as lovingly as I want, effectively what the teenager is hearing is you're wrong. You don't get it. I've been there, done it. I'm right bypass all those years and jump onto my bandwagon. And that third perspective you're talking about is the person sitting back going, can you not see the break in communication? If you want to get to talk at this level, you know, humble yourself, right? It's not about saying the teenager is right. It's about how you tackle that situation. Now, we have opened up Pandora's box. So what I'm going to recommend here, Hannah, is that we... We call it for this episode and we're going to have to do another interview where we dig into your thoughts and your insights into this in a much greater way. Now, how do people reach out to you? Now, you've got a YouTube channel that you've started where you're starting to promote your story, starting to promote some of your advice. And I know it's in its very, very early days. It's in its infancy. But Hannah, how can those that are interested see some of you? Look at you shaking your hair. She's swaying backward and forward on the bed. She's covering her face with her hands. She's going, Jamie, what are you doing? <laughs> but listen, I think people are going to be inspired by you, Hannah. How can we, how can people support your, because ultimately you want to get a message out. How can people support your YouTube channel? What's what's the um, the YouTube channel is just Hannah Leather, so that's H A W N A H L E A T H E R, and you will find me <laughs> on there. Um, you know, just to just to watch the videos. Um, obviously, I don't. I I'm open to comments and suggestions for videos and things like that because I feel like if people don't feel like they can speak out, then I can provide the voice for that person, so their opinion and viewpoint still comes across. Um, and yeah, you know, I've got my friend editing them. We're still in our very early stages just kind of finding our feet. But, you know, I think it's a really awesome thing to be able to do and to be able to help other people like myself out there. Beautiful. Beautiful. So, um, you know, I think we've had an absolutely amazing discussion. Thank you so much for your time, your insights, your wisdom, your knowledge, your experience. You are an incredible young lady. You've got such a no, bright future you. ahead of you. Um, and I'm so privileged to share this journey. Now, we finish off the podcast um, with a particular saying that I say, and I hand it over to those that are being interviewed. So how are we going to end this? What are we going to tell people? Everyone stay strong. <laughs> Thank you, Anna. Thank you.